over the course of my professional life, I've encountered three types of clinicians. Ones who are extremely happy in their careers, others who are indifferent, and some who downright hate their jobs. Now, when we think of career change or career pivoting, we often think that it's the people who are unhappy in their jobs, who seek to move, or who pursue other opportunities. But in today's episode, I interview someone who was very happy in a clinical role, but opportunity knocked on her door and she was up for a challenge and has significantly grown her career over the course of the past 10 years to now lead a public health portfolio on a national level. And I promise this one will inspire you. So grab a cup of coffee or tea and let's dive in. Are you a health professional facing a crossroads in your career but feeling unsure of which direction to go in or what next steps to take? Are you tired of working hard and not seeing results in terms of career growth? Do you long to build purpose into your work but feel stuck as you don't have a clear focus are unsure how to package your value or are uncertain what professional development opportunities you may need to carve out a new career path? Hi, I'm Dr. Diane, boy mom, immigrant, visionary and career pivot strategist and I'm here to help you find career clarity, identify and leverage your value and clarify the steps you need to take so that you can confidently transition into the next phase of your career, scale your professional impact and find greater fulfillment. If this is music to your ears, pull up a chair and let's chat. Today, I'm privileged to be interviewing a very interesting guest, Bronwyn McCauley, trained as a pharmacist, but is now a public health specialist in the city of Cape Town. And I'd like to welcome her to the show again, and I'll give Bronwyn an opportunity to tell us a little bit more about her interesting career journey. So welcome, Bronwyn, and thank you so much for making the time to be on Life Beyond Clinical Practice today. Hi, Dr. Diane. So awesome to be on Life Beyond Clinical Practice. I'm so excited to have this discussion with you. Awesome. Well, you have quite an interesting story and which is exactly why I wanted to bring you on the show today to inspire our listeners um, on how they can transition their careers out of clinical roles. You started as a pharmacist, as I mentioned earlier, but that's not exactly where your career planning started. In high school, you underwent a career alignment assessment, which showed that you were best fit for a career in pharmacy, but you opted to study engineering initially. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, that was very interesting and my whole journey. So I'm so excited to share it. Um, Just as a bit of a background first, uh, I grew up in a home um, in Mitchell's Plain in Cape Town. Um, and my mom was a machinist and my dad a bus driver. And my parents always encouraged my brother and I to pursue further education. So I always knew I wanted to study further, get tertiary education. Mm-hmm. But it never really hit me until I got to grade 11. I guess like most people, you get to that point where you must now apply to university. But what do you put on that paper? Right. So I attended a session with a career psychologist and we completed various assessments. And at the end of the assessment, it came up with 10 
career choices, which suited my personality and my interest space. And like you said, on top of that list was pharmacy, destined to be a pharmacist. <laughs> but choice number five was engineering. And it looked quite interesting. And I think what really guided my thought process at that time as well is that my brother, who's older than me, was in his second or third year of engineering at that time. And I was quite intrigued by his choice because engineering was something that wasn't a common career field for women and also chemical engineering um, at that point as well. Right. So I was also fortunate enough to go to a career day at our, um, our school arranged it and it was a whole session on women in engineering. And I was so mesmerized by this woman taking over a male-dominated industry. And this is where I wanted to be. Wow. So I applied for chemical engineering, got accepted. So I grew up in a pretty poor household and community. So getting into university already and receiving a bursary was a big deal. Mm. And I was wow. very excited, went to university, got into my first three months. I struggled so badly. I spoke to some people who were in the field of engineering and I very soon realized that this is not what I want to do. And I remember that day waking up, crying in my bed and my mom came into my room and she asked me what's wrong and I said, I don't want to be an engineer. And she looked at me and she said, you know what? You still have time to change your mind. Leave, go work a bit and then decide what you want to do. It was a very difficult decision to make because dropping out, you can imagine the amount of backlash I got from family, from right. friends. Why are you giving up? Why are you just leaving? Especially my brother as well. He of wasn't course. too keen on me leaving. But at that point, I needed to make a decision on what I wanted to do. I then took a year off, went to work as a promoter. And then I decided, you know what? I'm going to apply for pharmacy. The career assessment said it was number one, is best suited. This is right. what I need to do. I went ahead. I got accepted. And it was the best decision I made. Wow. <laughs> I, it was, it was <laughs> difficult. Pharmacy is difficult. If you ask any pharmacy student, they'll tell you the course is intense. You are the last person on the university in the lab. You're the first person in the morning for classes. But it was the most rewarding. I enjoyed it so much. And I'm so grateful that I had the experience and the opportunity to go back and, and go and further my studies. Wow, that is amazing. So you took a little bit of a detour, but eventually what I like to call came into career alignment and found the profession best suited to you. And I think um, listening to your story, I think you were quite fortunate to have had that assessment and kind of had have had insight into what will best suit you. I don't think many people have that opportunity or um, actually go and seek out that kind of advice before making career choices and sometimes then end up down a path where they not satisfied. It's just a misfit. And then we wonder why we're never content in our professional lives. So you, yeah, you went then from being a very happy pharmacist, as you say, you love the profession, you worked in clinical practice, and it wasn't uh, for want of change that you then 
grew your career outside of clinical practice into your role now as a public health specialist. And that's been quite a journey. So perhaps share with us that journey, how even though you, you know, you had selected and chosen a career in clinical practice as a pharmacist um, and you were very fulfilled therein, what was it that drove you to then seek other roles in healthcare outside of clinical practice? Yes, when I started out as a pharmacist, I thought I was going to be in a pharmacy for the rest of my life, helping patients, Mm -hmm. which I absolutely enjoyed. (laughs) So after completing my career, I went into my internship and my community service in the public sector at various community healthcare centers. And I loved working with people and assisting them and meeting their pharmaceutical needs. I was very enthusiastic um, as a young pharmacist, and it was always a topic of discussion where I worked. (laughs) But I then reached the end of my community service, and I now needed to go out and apply for the job that I wanted. I was very fortunate. I received two job offers at that time, and I decided to go work for a large corporate retail pharmacy chain. Mm -hmm. Um, Very soon, my enthusiasm and love for people and helping people was noticed by my senior managers. Um, And they would then challenge me by giving me new projects, additional tasks. And I was always very keen to be involved and do additional tasks. Right. This then brought me to a place where I was promoted to a larger pharmacy. And within three months of turning that pharmacy from a loss-making into a profit-making pharmacy, I was approached by the head of good pharmacy practice and he asked me, do I want to come into a secondment for six months as a good pharmacy practice manager? I was terrified. (laughs) (laughs) It was was quite a big um, leap to go from just being a pharmacist in store and then going out into the big world and now having a more senior role. And taking on all this responsibility, right? Yes. (laughs) And not knowing what I'm getting myself into. Into. (laughs) Yeah. I was now placed in a new environment outside of clinical practice and direct patient care. I was no longer required to dispense. I was now required to look after the legal and ethical practices of over 50 pharmacies across the division. Oh, wow. I was so excited. But honestly, I was terrified. I recall telling a good friend of mine at the time, what am I getting myself into? I'm not smart enough to do this. (laughs) She laughed and she said, just do it and figure it out later. And I'll always remember those words because those words really stuck with me. I was then very fortunate when I stepped into this big role um, to receive training from a current good pharmacy practice manager who had years of experience And even better, she was an amazing trainer and a mentor. And she took me under a wing. And I'll always be grateful for what she taught me and guided me. We eventually became good friends, which is awesome. Awesome. Um, And I always had her with me until she left the business and I now needed to be on my own. Um, But also gave me the opportunity to take what she taught me and, and hand it over and guide other young pharmacists as well. Right. Then from from that space, I went from good pharmacy practice manager. I grew into a role called key accounts manager for public-private partnerships. This stemmed from me availing myself to assist my colleagues with tasks relating to public-private partnerships. So I was quite intrigued by this um, role, building relationships, working with people in the public sector. And my manager saw this and he started pushing me into opportunities for this role. Um, 
While in the role, I realized that I did not understand the public sector. Here, people were speaking about districts and they were speaking about all these things that I don't deal with in the private sector. And I spoke to some friends and family and colleagues and they said, why don't you just go do your master's in public health? And I was so shocked by that answer. Because how <laughs> why, isn't there a small course that I can do? Or you know, just like some hands-on training. I must go do right. my masters. And I realized yeah. that this is something I must do. <laughs> yeah, which you never intended to do, right? <laughs> no, I never intended to go back to studying. <laughs> It was a tough choice, Diane. Um, I'm a mom of two beautiful girls who at the time was age seven and four respectively. But I told my family this is something I want to do. I told my manager at that time that this is something I need to do for my career. And he said, you know what, go, we'll support you. And they supported me. Fantastic. I managed to finish my degree. I was then promoted to healthcare services manager. And now with my team, we manage strategy and operations for over 200 clinics across South Africa. So that is where I find myself now in my career. It is absolutely fulfilling. I, your journey is just so fascinating because I love the organic evolution of your roles, right? None of it was planned or intended, but because you were initially in a space where you were thriving, you were in your happy place in the pharmacy, Right. Yes. dispensing to patients and, and you thrived there. It automatically sort of people noticed that and it started opening doors of opportunity for you to grow in other areas. So I'm amazed by your journey and applaud your bravery in taking on, Thank you. you know, expanded <laughs> roles that, that yeah, you felt ill-equipped for at the time, but clearly you've excelled in them uh, to have reached this point where you are now responsible for over 200 pharmacies nationally as a public health specialist. So you you touched on okay the role of your mentor in your growth. And I just want you to briefly perhaps share with the audience, how critical do you feel it, it is to have a mentor when you're at the point of career transition? Hmm. It's extremely rewarding and essential to have someone that you can trust, someone you can mm -hmm. speak to, someone that you can just, uh, I remember my mentor and I, um, at the beginning stages, she would call me and she's like, do you want to go have coffee? Just sitting across the table, chatting about what it is that I'm experiencing, what are the challenges, what are the highlights, where do I see myself and guiding mm -hmm. me on my journey and really having someone to hold your hand but also give you that confidence to leap when you need to. Yeah. And that to me was always extremely valuable. This, the, a mentor is someone that comes with experience and a type of wisdom that you know they want to invest in your life mm -hmm. and just to guide you. I, I, I'm, I'm very fortunate. I mean, I had um, this one lady that was the good pharmacy practice manager I had, um, when she left, there was another gentleman who also did career coaching and he did some sessions with me as well. And every way along my journey, I always sought out people who I respected and trusted and trust is mm -hmm. both over time, but just naturally right. sort of drawn to, to working with that person. Um, and, uh, there is times in your career when you come across people that, aren't best suited as a mentor. And I think that's also something that's important with mentorship is being well yep. suited with someone. 
Um, because some people can just give you advice and not really have your best interests at heart or allow you to to evolve as you should. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just also to be cautious of that. No, that's awesome advice. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. You mentioned several times in talking about your your career journey that while you were excited about the new opportunities, you were also terrified of stepping into bigger shoes. <laughs> um, how did you navigate these insecurities when considering these next steps in your career moves? How did you overcome them enough to say, I can do this? Yeah, I think there's a lot to do with faith and trust Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. and knowing yourself. My biggest insecurity that I had was not being successful in the new role. So taking on something that's bigger than me and I won't be able to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and this possibly stems from dropping out of chemical engineering and then going into pharmacy and thinking, oh, you know what, I'm just going to not be good at this thing and then just drop out. Right. But I've learned over the years that deciding to stop something because it's not a good fit or pursuing something else is not failing or dropping out, but it's making a shift for something new. It's okay to change your mind. It's okay to say, you know what, yep. this is not for me. Definitely. And it's scary going into the unknown. Um, I had lots of scary moments, um, but it would be such a shame if I didn't try. If I just stopped, if the day when I got that call to say, I want you to be, uh, you're going to be seconded into the good pharmacy practice manager, I just said, you know what? I don't think I can do it. And I hung up. I wouldn't be where I am today. And I wouldn't have this opportunity to share the story and hopefully encourage someone else who's feeling a bit apprehensive or feeling, you know what, I don't know if I can take that next move to just say, just say yes and figure it out later. <laughs> right. I, I'm totally with you. I've been like that. I've adopted the same philosophy on my own career journey. And much like you've said, I think back sometimes, what if I didn't make that move back then? What would my life have been like? What would my career would have looked like at this stage. Um, And I'm so glad I was brave enough to tackle the unknown. And it is, you're you're entering unfamiliar territory, right? So you have to believe enough in yourself to say, I'm going to give this my best shot. And like you said, sometimes it may not work out. Sometimes you may figure out this is not exactly it. And that's okay. You learn from the experience, you shape you know, the next phase more into what you want to do and you grow from that. But to simply out of fear, not pursue those opportunities, I think then we are denying ourselves and the people we are called to serve through our giftings and our professional expertise from benefiting mm. from those. So yeah, that, that's just phenomenal to hear your story. Um, So the next question is, Just touching on something I think maybe a lot of clinicians battle with when they're thinking about growing and scaling their careers, particularly outside of clinical practice. Did you feel a sense of guilt around leaving your patients, so sort of leaving the pharmacy um, and then moving into more managerial type, type roles? I, like I said, I loved working in pharmacy. I had such great relationships with my patients and they were sad to see me leave, but excited to to see oh, me growing. Wonderful. Yeah, they, they were absolutely lovely. So I was very excited to leave. I, there was a part of me that was sad, but I was very excited. 
um, I'm I miss it. I miss clinical practice. I miss patient care, and I often joke with my pharmacist friends, and I say, you know, I'm not a real pharmacist. Right? <laughs> so I'm not at the coal face. I don't know things anymore like I used to. But I, yeah, I, I feel yeah. that way too. <laughs> <laughs> but I know that my support from a head office level allows my colleagues to achieve their goals and right. reach better patient outcomes. And that gives me great satisfaction knowing I can make an impact on a larger scale. Um, and I think that's the most rewarding part of it. Awesome. Absolutely. So how have you grown personally and professionally since making the decision to move from that clinical role to now on this national scale, leading teams, implementing public health strategies, et cetera. Talk to us about sort of the growth journey, both personally and professionally. Hmm. Personally, I am more brave. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, we, I initially would take a bit of, would take a little bit of convincing to do something. I, with all of the changes, and change is inevitable, change will happen. Right. I, I I embrace it. So you know what? This is different. It's new. I'm not sure what I'm doing here, but I'm going to figure it out and I'm going to mm -hmm. be great at it. <laughs> so I've grown in leaps and bounds. Um, Wonderful. Something that I, I'm very proud of is my ability to manage complex relationships and accounts um, and foster working environments that's conducive to growth for others. Um, like I said, I've learned from my mentors. I've learned from the, those that have gone before me and those that I work with that's got all these years of experience. And I'm always grateful and I always tell them, you know what, I'm, I'm always excited to learn. Um, I've also learned how to balance my professional and personal life. I think that's very important. Mm -hmm. It's something that I struggled with at first. Uh, and you end up just working, working, working and not balancing it. I'm a much yeah. better manager now because of that. I'm a much better um, family home person mm -hmm. because of it. So there's, there's lots of growth. There's lots of your confidence. Um, you have more confidence as you get older and you grow in your career and you grow in your profession. And you must just allow yourself and give yourself that space to grow. I used to be very impatient with myself and be like, I want to do this. I want to be an executive. Yes. And <laughs> it comes with time. Yeah, <laughs> there's a process. You need to You need to be open to grow. Yes. Right. And open <laughs> to, yeah. through the learnings, to making mistakes. Because it's not all going to be perfect, right? But you're going to learn and grow through it. Yes. And the mistakes is, is maybe, it's a, it's a hard thing. It's difficult. And it's... You know, people always make analogies when they say how you must be groomed and the grooming is painful. The clashing is. is painful, but at the end, the product that comes from it is, is beautiful. And you look at yourself as I was preparing for this podcast, I was looking at my journey and I had the sense of, wow, this is amazing. But I it remember is. the painful days. I remember the days when things went wrong and I made a big mistake and I'm not shy to say that I cried and I would go to the bathroom and I'll cry and I'll wipe my tears and I'll walk out of the smudged makeup and all and just go do my work. Yeah. But um, yeah. That's, that's the <laughs> yeah. And you can pack, pat yourself on the back now. Um, you know, just very briefly sharing some of my painful moments. I remember just when writing up my PhD and when I would get feedback from my supervisors or from academic journals where I submitted the papers, I would cringe if I saw the email popping into my inbox because I was just so afraid to open it and get, you know, 
the critical feedback and take it. And I used to take it personally initially. And there was a point where I wouldn't open it for maybe a week or two. I would kind of prep myself to deal with <laughs> to deal with the negative <laughs> feedback. <laughs> or I would yes. ask my husband, please read this email from me. Is there anything <laughs> bad? Okay, tell me what it says. You know, but you oh learn to gosh. you learn to roll with those things and then and then mm. take take the lessons out of it and 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 <laughs> you know move forward. So yeah, <laughs> the growing can be painful, but I think it's it's an inevitable part of the process if we want to reach for more in our careers. So what advice would you give to others? Who desire to grow or know what they are called to do or where they are called to make a greater impact in their professional careers, but perhaps feel uneasy about leaving the comfort or security of clinical practice or the current roles they may find themselves in. Hmm. Um, my, my advice would be to pursue what you're passionate about. Carefully analyze it though. Mm -hmm. um, think about it, write it down. Um, be clear about what it is that you see for your future in your career. Mm -hmm. um, and if it means go to, to university or take up a course or make a career change, if possible, to do it, of course, right. um, then do it. But talk to someone you trust about your thought process, find a mentor or reach out to a career coach to guide you. It helps so much. Um I had one of my uh, team members who wasn't sure what she wanted to do. And we went through a few sessions and the, it kept on changing until she eventually got to a point where she said, this is now I know what I want to do. Want to do. And I told awesome. her, okay, now go talk to another person. Get yourself a career coach now and mm -hmm. narrow it down. And she applied to go to university. And so really analyze what it is that you want to do. Then say yes when opportunities present itself and make yourself available to grow and learn. Even when you're afraid, even when it looks like it's the most impossible task to do, try. You can fail, but you will learn even when you fail. Mm -hmm. Don't let fear of failure stop you from taking a step that may seem scary at first, but will end up being eternally rewarding and allow yourself to grow in your in your personal and in your professional life. I think that for me is one of the biggest things. Fear of failure can stop us from doing so many amazing things. But when we tell ourselves, you know what, it's okay to fail. It's okay to fail, but I'm going to learn from it and I'm going to do better. That is, is my advice. And like I said earlier, having a mentor, having a career coach, seeking advice from those who know what they're talking about, who's mm -hmm. studied in the field, who knows how to guide you, um, is extremely valuable. Yeah, that's such awesome advice to close off this interview with Bronwyn. It's been absolutely fantastic talking to you. Your journey is so inspiring, even for me, as I know it will be for our listeners today. So thank you for your time. And I'd love to wish you all the best as you continue to grow and make an impact and serve with passion, because I can still hear that passion in your voice. And so continue to do wonderful things. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you, Dr. Diana. I appreciate it. <laughs> And that's a wrap for today. If you found value in today's episode, do share it with a friend who you think may need to hear this. 
And if this episode inspired you, would you be so kind as to head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review for the show? I'd love to hear how our content is helping you on your professional development journey and your review will also help others discover and benefit from this podcast. Looking forward to hearing more? Then meet me back here again next time for another episode of Life Beyond Clinical Practice. Goodbye.